Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Tauber. I'm an award-winning personal stylist who's actually been in the business now for 17 years. I specialize in elevating professional women, entrepreneurs, and women in business with their personal brand. These podcasts are about sharing my hints and tips. And along the way, I'm super excited to welcome guests who will be sharing their star stories, their expert advice. And I'm also going to be showcasing some brands that I know you are going to love. So if you're a lady who lacks time, struggles to put an outfit together, wears the same things time and time again, and doesn't want the hassle to find something new when shopping, you will absolutely enjoy this podcast. I really hope you love the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Um, I'm Lisa Talbot and I am an award-winning personal stylist. And this podcast is always about style and fashion, but we cover so much more. Um, It's always about being seen. It's about what we wear and it's about how we feel good. So today I am very, very lucky because I am joined by one of LinkedIn's top voices and it is Lavinia so Lavinia hello how are you hi I'm very well thank you lovely to be here yes and it's lovely to have you here and I feel very privileged actually when we are you know you're one of LinkedIn's top voices just tell everybody what that means and then we're going to get into conversation aren't we all about how to be seen on LinkedIn both using your expertise, we're going to talk about content, we're going to talk about being visual, etc, etc. But tell everybody what it means to be a LinkedIn top voice. So LinkedIn um, had their own way of categorizing who the influencers on their platform is, are rather. And so they, they have a list and they've been putting out a list for a couple of years of LinkedIn top voices. And they do LinkedIn top voices in different industries. So they're LinkedIn top voices in sales and sports and all kinds of different industries. And they have them by country as well. So they're LinkedIn top voices in the UK, in Singapore, in in Germany, all all over the world. And so I happen to be one of those LinkedIn top voices. It just means that I've been putting out content that LinkedIn thinks is different, that is worth highlighting. And uh, that's all it means. And it just means that I, I have... I often have access to some cool little tools that LinkedIn is putting out a little sooner than other people get them. So yeah, that's that's so lovely though, isn't it? Because when you have an expert in a certain field to be able to drop those little nuggets of information that the, all of us don't know, but you know, is either coming down the track or, or whatever. It's really good. I think, do you know, Lavinia, LinkedIn has really changed, hasn't it? You know, from, I mean, even if I think about it, you know, how long it's been in my business and how I've used it or not used it as the case may be, but now how I look at it in a very different way. Would you say that LinkedIn as a platform has changed kind of dramatically in the content it likes to see, how, um, how people tend to use it more now? Well, I mean, it changed. The big change started to happen in 2016. So LinkedIn was bought by Microsoft in 2016, and since then, it has been evolving in a whole different direction than it was than it started. Most of us had accounts from way back when, 
So my account is like 14 years old and I started like everybody else. We just created a, a online resume, right? Just what many people yeah. did. And then it kind of collected dust for a long time. You might've gone to it to look for a job. You, maybe you were adding some contacts like I was, cause I was moving around the world. I was always adding my network to my LinkedIn. And then around 2016, when, when Microsoft bought it, LinkedIn moved to becoming much more of a content platform. And it started to see itself also as a news platform. And in the last two years, certainly LinkedIn have come out very openly to say what they reward on their platform are conversations. So people who are having conversations about topical issues on their platform, that's what the algorithm is geared to rewarding. And so that's why on LinkedIn, the things that you see, like lots of the, where you see something going viral, it's often because people are talking about it. And that's also why there's trending topics on LinkedIn now, where there never used to be trending topics. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also because many people will tell me, oh, but hashtags don't work on LinkedIn. This is the other story. But that used to be the case. But now because there are trending topics, hashtags do work on LinkedIn and they work very well. So, yeah, it's changed a huge amount. And, you know, I think it's become a very interesting place, exactly like you said. You know, I, we were talking just before we, we pressed the record button and, you know, I had LinkedIn, but I didn't really use it. But now it's definitely one of the platforms I enjoy being on because, you know, compared to Instagram for me, it, it's very visual. You know, it's more about the clothes, the style, the color, etc. And then obviously Facebook is much more of a community in that kind of way. For, for me, this is for my business. But for LinkedIn, it's really intriguing because it now gives me the opportunity to almost share my business expertise as well. Because, you know, being in business, you know, for, for 15, 16 years, LinkedIn now enables me to articulate some of what I've done and how I've done it. And, and also for me, pick up hints and tips from others, like you said, about people sharing knowledge, sharing stories in that way. And I think all the platforms are different. And I think LinkedIn does stand out because the conversations you have on LinkedIn are very different to the conversations you have on, you know, Instagram, for example. Do you think how, and this is where we were going to go start the conversation. Do you think being seen kind of in the inverted commas, being seen on LinkedIn has changed because I know there's Lots and lots of conversations, isn't there, about was it too formal? Was it too businessy? Has it now got too personal? Why are people posting about their dogs? What do you think to these all? Because it, it has adapted, hasn't it? And it's evolved and over the time, especially during, um, you know, the past couple of years. I think you can create any experience you want on LinkedIn, to be honest. Um, in the U.S. now, um, LinkedIn is also uh, sieving out political content for instance, this is a new function. And so you can do all kinds of things on LinkedIn. You can create the experience that you want. If you want to take away some of the personal content, you can actually curate that. You can just mute a whole bunch of people, hashtags, and you can start following um, hashtags that are different, that are very much more in your space. So you can curate the experience that you want. The algorithm is relatively um, responsive to what you are saying you wanted to see. So you can create the experience you want. I still think it's mostly a professional platform, so it would behoove you to, um, to stick to some level of professionalism on LinkedIn. You don't want to take... Um, 
too many personal liberties. I mean, people will, you will turn people off at some point. Um, but if you have a personal type business, like if you're a trainer or a stylist as you are, there's no reason why you shouldn't be on that platform just because it's not, um, it's not what is it, like banking or something, what is one of the traditional industries that you think you find on LinkedIn. I think you should bring your business to LinkedIn because it is a great way to be found. It is a great way to showcase yourself as a business. And it's a great way for you to find other businesses to partner with, other businesses to, um, to work with. So not just to find consumers. You can, of course, find consumers for almost every business on LinkedIn, but also it's a great place for collaboration. Yeah. It's a great place for you to create a real uh, buzz in your industry for yourself. I think you're, you're so right because, you know, yes, I am a, a stylist, but I specialize in the female business owners, the female entrepreneurs, the female business leaders. So for me, you know, a lot of those um, women, they hang out there, you know, so there's, the, I, I'm, I can share my styling content and, you know, things like testimonials and, and we can share newsletters, all that type of thing, because yes, I can share, I don't know how to certain tips to dress your body shape or I can share certain color information but the audience that is on there absolutely loves the content and I think it's really interesting isn't it how how we show up whether it be imagery or whether it be um, the written word is very different and I've noticed you know that LinkedIn loves an image and you know for me I can put up imagery, um, I don't know, of a new photo shoot. We can put up, put up imagery of a before and after of a, of a lady's, but it, but it really likes imagery, doesn't it now? Well, I think it always did. I, my best posts have always been uh, posts with a picture. So pictures do very well. So if you're putting up video, though, you should know that uh, LinkedIn only counts the video once it's been viewed for six seconds so this is why the video numbers tend to be much lower than say if you're putting it out on youtube or on um, tiktok or you're putting it out on instagram reels you'll find your viewing numbers on linkedin with video is just lower um, but that's only because of the way it counts it and that's only temporary i think if you're doing video on other platforms you can still do very well on linkedin too but um, written posts with um with a picture, they do the best. Um, but the other thing that LinkedIn rewards is dwell time. So they reward people for spending time on your post. So anything that requires someone to spend a little bit more time. So for instance, carousels, where you have to scroll through a number of uh, files, that does very well. Polls do well because you have to answer questions. So anything that keeps people on your post for a bit longer, um, anything that makes them dwell on your post, that's what does really well. It's really interesting, isn't it? There is, there is so much to it. I find as well that there's a lot more um, people take almost more notice as well about their profile picture, you know, that the picture and because now we can obviously use it as a solitary image. So for me, it's about what people are wearing as to how they want to be seen. But also, you know, we know that there's a little video now behind that of a I think it's 30 seconds, isn't it? Am I right? 30 seconds, yeah? Okay. So 30 seconds. So again, we can show up in a different way. So for me, it's still about, you know, what we're wearing in both the images and, and what we're, we're using there as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And you should pay a lot of attention to your profile photo. Um, if you're putting up, if, if you've got creator mode turned on, then the video function is also there. So it's a bit like... Um, 
one of those Hogwarts pictures, right? The Harry yeah, Potter yeah. the moving. So that's what you get. You get 30 seconds um, video behind it. You can also record uh, the pronunciation of your name, but it gives you a whole 10 seconds to do that. So you can say your name and your business or anything else you'd like there. Um, so you have a lot of places to turn up your voice, your image. Um, and always with the picture, you know, people... Um, try to go too fancy with these pictures and what what you really want to focus on is making sure people can see your face so you don't want like half body shoots and you don't want to be too distant you want to make sure that people can see your face because it attaches to every time you turn up on LinkedIn whether it's a comment or a search your face turns up next to your name so make sure people can see your face. So point to the look in, either look directly into the camera, or kind of into the camera so people can see you, smile, unless you you have a very angsty brand, you know, you really should smile. It's, um, it's so interesting though, isn't it? Because um, I have to say, I use my profile picture throughout all my social media because I know that when I'm looking for somebody, if I've seen them in one place, I tend to be quite visual. So I think, oh, okay, they were wearing a pink shirt or they had I don't know um, big really strong dark glasses so I look for that and I think that's so important isn't it to keep the consistency across all the platforms so people can find you very quickly even when they're when they're looking on LinkedIn or, or any other platform Definitely. I think having the, a common image across your, uh, across your platforms is very important staying consistent but also updating it from time to time. It should look like the best version of you. It shouldn't look like you from 10 years ago. So, um, you know, you should definitely look like the best version of yourself, but you shouldn't be so unrecognizable that when someone actually meets you in real life, they're like, oh my God, who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, no, you? no match at all between what you've seen online. So definitely have a match, but it should look like the best version of you. You're not required to roll out of bed and take a photo. That, that's not required to be authentic. You can be yourself while looking the best version of you. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? Another thing I wanted to touch on, because you, you mentioned it earlier on, when we first started talking, I said to you, um, and I don't know what made me ask, actually, I said, you know, have you always lived in Germany? Because you, you mentioned that you live in Germany. And you said, well, no, I, you know, that's not where I'm originally from. And I've moved around because of your husband's job. Um, so it's, I, don't, I still don't know what made me ask that question. That was a bit spooky. But... When you, I'd love, love to touch on how often you've moved around and how easy you have found to move your wardrobe each time. Do you, have you got it down to a fine art that you have a very select capsule wardrobe that works for you on a regular basis so you don't have masses to take each time? Have you kind of streamlined it or do you just literally throw it all in cases and just hope and pray it gets to the other end? Well, we have a very structured move. So um, we move with everything. So everything you see in this frame. So if you're watching us, there's art, there's pictures, there's all kinds of things. Everything moves with us. So our lights, our art, our furniture, everything moves with us. So uh, our last move were two 40-foot containers. So I don't think I'm, a, I, I'm any kind of advocate for minimalism. Uh, we move everything. In terms of wardrobe, it depends. So we have um, home posting. So when we're at home, we tend to have fewer social engagements that are formal. So my wardrobe is definitely much more functional. Yep. Um, when we 
year out on posting, I might, um, so the final year of our posting the last time around, I did uh, just under 200 events. So, and that's a lot of events. So that is a lot of events. Yes, it is. And so we do, so I definitely have a much more formal wardrobe with the matching jewelry and handbags and all of those things that go with that, um, that I don't need to access when we're at home. So it usually goes into a little bit of a storage um, and then I, I take it all out again when I need it. So I have sort of the the more glamorous wardrobe that's needed um, when I have that setting. And then I have, um, then we have also climate things. So sometimes we might live somewhere tropical where we don't need any of our winter wardrobe. Then we put the winter wardrobe into storage. Um, or we might be, as we are in Germany now, um, we can rotate our, our, our wardrobes. It, it depends. It's very different for each of us. I just noticed with the children, you know, we have a lot of children. That with the children, we, we essentially just have to, um, to cull regularly because of sizing. But yes, it's, it's, it's always interesting. Uh, we you all have... you down um, to a right fine art though, haven't you? Even <laughs> by listening to you, I'm thinking, wow, that's, you know, that is... Because I suppose, because you, you move more regularly it's easier. Whereas, you know, if I look at some of my clients who say, can you please Lisa come and work with me because I'm moving house. And if they haven't moved house for like 10 to 15 years, it's like, wow, there is some stuff here because that's when the wardrobe seems to accumulate more and more and more because, you know, not everybody goes through it on, on I don't know, six month or a, or, an eight, or a yearly basis. So it's, it's really interesting. Do you, do you get to the point as well you, when you are moving, do you kind of, as you're packing it, think, hmm, I didn't wear that this season or I don't know why I really bought that because I don't like it. So I'm not taking it. So do you tend to find that you, you do remove pieces before you move on to that next destination? It's a mixed bag. I'll tell you really honestly, it's a mixed bag also because I yo-yo in size. Um, so I don't have like one. So, so my wardrobe comes in like three different sizes because I, I yo-yo and, um, and then the seasonal. So it's yeah. really, I think it's a labeling thing. So I do label things and I keep them um, if they're still usable, but I do cull from time to time. Uh, but mostly for me, it's a categorization issue. If I categorize it well, when it comes into the house, like this is casual winter, this is casual winter, this size, this is, you know, whatever, whatever it is, if I'm, if I've categorized it well, um, then it will last for a long time. It means that when I need that type of clothing in that size, that I can do that, that I can access it. I know where it is. So for me, it's a cat a cataloging situation if it's catalog right no problem if it gets ah. into the never never land then yeah. that stuff that just accumulates and you know that I just at some point just have to donate or get rid of um but I, I'm getting better at it when I was younger I definitely bought bought much more that um the, the single occasion clothing and now I don't do that anymore. I don't have anything that's single occasion. So yeah that that's moved on a lot and and jewelry actually is kind of hard um so I, I also had to come up with a system for jewelry and um and and now I've gotten really quite again very good at this long pieces the silver pieces the the real pieces it's just all it's it's now a fine art but it took me time to get there but I think that's really interesting isn't it because you know <laughs> I always talk to, to everybody about having a wardrobe that really works for you is, is exactly what 
people should have. You know, having a wardrobe full of clothes that you know you don't like or you know don't fit or you know that you're never going to wear, it creates a very negative mindset. Whereas your wardrobe is basically everything in there that you know you like, you wear, you makes you feel good because you you have to look at it on a more regular basis. It doesn't get left for five years. You're because you're looking to think, oh, I might move in a year, or I might move in two years, or I might be moving in another six months. You've almost got, you have got to keep on top of it, which is really interesting because the majority of ladies that I see say. I haven't looked in this wardrobe for months and months, you know, and it is when we get to somewhere, they say, Oh, I don't even remember buying that, you know? So I think it's, you're a great example of using your time very wisely to, to make sure that when you move that wardrobe works to move with you and, and do that as well. Um, Lavinia, we are coming to the end of our podcast. Um, Please, can you just share with everybody where they can find you, where they can listen to your um, knowledge bombs on LinkedIn? You know, I know they can find you on LinkedIn, but anywhere else that you you want them to be able to find you, please share with everybody. Sure, of course, you can absolutely find me on LinkedIn. It's always my name, Lavinia Tanapathy. You can also find me on uh, lavinia.club. And that's a good place to go if you're trying to set up your LinkedIn profile. I have a free profile checklist there that you can just help yourself to. And then you can check your, um, your profile against it and see where you need to do some work on it. You can also find me with my full name at lavinia.tanapathy.com. I'm a professional speaker and I speak about change, about personal branding, and as the International Day of the Woman is coming up uh, on the eighth, soon uh, in March. Eighth of March, yep. Eighth of March, exactly. I, I'm the founding chair for Inspiring Girls in Singapore. And so I speak quite often on issues around gender diversity and women in the workplace. So yeah, so that, that's the, those are all the places that you can find me. But LinkedIn is the single best place. Yeah. See, so you're not just a LinkedIn top voice. There is so much more to you, Lavinia, you know, where I didn't expect you to kind of go into a bit more, which is fantastic, you know, because it, it shows, doesn't it, that LinkedIn especially is a platform that is such a multifaceted as to who you are, what you do, how you get your message out, et cetera, et cetera. So um, thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for spending the time chatting to me. I hope, you know, that people that have listened and people that have watched have managed to get some real information from you with regards to LinkedIn. We've talked a little bit about being seen and we've all talked about your wardrobe and how you move it on a regular basis. Um, So Lavinia, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who's listened and we will hear and speak to you all again soon thanks everybody thanks Lavinia bye bye thank you so much for listening to my podcast the pocket stylist I really hope you enjoyed this episode if you'd like to know more about working with me then why not book a discovery call with me via my website lisatalbert.co.uk and I look forward to welcoming you back next week bye-bye